0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the CMC Game. I am Marking Ross, and I'm joined by my fellow moderator of the Discord, SD Sharpie. Sharpie, how you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. How about you?
0: Not too bad. We had a little bit of technical difficulties. That sounds like a, a running theme here. We were going to try and be on <laughs> Twitch again, but... We'll, we'll figure it out one day, but uh, this is, for those of you who have been keeping track on your probably one hand, this is the fifth episode. It is based on the Bruise and Builds variation, the CMC game, where instead of talking about grain top yeast, uh, we talk about each of the CMC slots and our favorite cards from those, and today's episode, our contestants are a sleuthing duo who have been friends forever. Wernog Riders Chaplain and Sophina Spearsaged Deserter. They have slightly different methods of investigation, but they always manage to find a clue. Let's find out how they partner up and put their abilities to work. But before we do that, we have a little bit of housekeeping.
2: Housekeeping.
1: I guess we also have a disclaimer. So we always give it up to the Discord to vote on what deck they want to listen to. And we actually had a three way tie this time because. Big Tuck, if you're listening, your vote does not count. You're not part of the collective. <laughs> so, with that being said, we've done marketing Ross's decks the last two episodes. So, I kind of strong armed Ross into letting us do my deck. So, was a, with that, it
0: was a lot of twisting of arms.
1: Yes. Fingers, pinkies, toes. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. If you guys would like to support us in any form or fashion, you can head on over to Patreon.com slash CMD Tower. Uh we have some really cool perks over there. Uh we have a referral program. So if you refer a new Patreon, uh let us know. We'll give you some uh extra goodies. Mm-hmm. I think what is three dollars is the lowest tier. And it gets you complete access to every channel on the Discord. We do have some free channels. But there are some of the cooler ones that are locked behind that $3 paywall. Uh, and we also have some sweet swag on the, the upper tiers. So if you're sub to those for, well, I think it's like three months, you get some really cool stuff like an awesome playmat that I believe you worked on marketing, Ross.
0: I did. I had the pleasure to to create that. And if you don't want to wait that long, you can also go buy one of those on our Etsy store, which I believe you can get to by going to Etsy.com slash store slash CMD tower. But that's a lot of work. So just go to Etsy and in the search bar, type in CMD tower and you'll find us.
1: Yeah. And um, if you're not really looking to spend your money on anything other than uh, some sweet singles, head on over to our sponsor, abyssproxyshop.com there you can find some pretty awesome playtest slash proxy cards. Um, I still have a couple of them in my own card. I haven't ordered from them yet, but when I do, I will let you guys know what they're like, but you can use code CMD tower to get 10% off your overall order.
0: Yes. And the, uh, I can, I can confirm I have ordered some and the, the (laughs) quality is quite nice, both on the, the foil and non-foil version. I have a, a copy of, Smothering tithe and Aristic study that are both SpongeBob memes, and I love them dearly. And they're foil. Uh yes, you can get those in foil.
1: Huh, that's nifty. Well, now that we're done with that, Ross, what's the haps?
0: Oh man, the haps. Uh, well, the most exciting thing, and we've—if you're a member of the Discord, you've been seeing this a little bit. There are a few of us who are, for no particular reason, trying to compete in a friendly challenge of building. Barakos or buracos I'm not really sure how to say that orc's name, <laughs> with, a, with a different bra- a background for each of us creating a, a different color pairing there. And so Sharpie beat me to the punch of getting the Rakdos pairing, which I think leads itself to some pretty sweet treasure shenanigans. Um, and so, it does. Um, and then Cameron Treefolk Lord selected the blue background, and so he's Got some access to some some fun cloning shenanigans and uh the what's the kappa turtle the blastoise that
2: oh Kappa
0: Cannoneer. yeah there we go so that's pretty, I'm pretty sweet.
1: jelly of that one
0: that was a that was a solid pick um yeah. <laughs> and then uh Spencer rabbits is going with white right he's going the far mm-hmm. far traveler yeah oh so some some blink shenanigans in the future which yeah. left me with the choice of going mono black or green. So I went with green and, you know, going into it, I wasn't really sure how well it was going to work. I went with the raised by giants background. Uh, just so when I am trying to attack with Barackos and get treasures, I'm slamming a 10, 10 into the defenses instead of a two, four, but, uh, I play tested it a few times and I, I think it's actually going to be pretty fun.
1: Yeah. The, the 10, 10 is, it's a solid. I, I think we talked about this a little bit the other day like I didn't, I wasn't sure that green black would be all that functional with no good background but the race by giants is a pretty solid pick. Uh I have also played tests in my deck and yeah there you get into those instances where you're swinging into a wall and it's like you need those treasures but they've got <laughs> blockers. So
0: right what's it worth to you?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so that's a uh... The most exciting thing that's been on my, on my workbench lately. What about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of right there with you in the the trenches on that one. But I, I kind of wanted to go on like a little bit of a tangent. I guess we're we're gonna yeah, veer left field for a let's second. Let's take an adventure. Yeah. So I've been listening pretty much all day at work today to uh, magic podcasts. I started with our most recent episode.
0: You listen to ourselves.
1: Yes, so today our Mazzy episode was was published and it was pretty
0: good. If
1: I say so myself, I might be a little bit biased, but (laughs) I liked it. And then I listened to a little bit of the CCO, and then I I started giving just some random um, podcasts a try. Some of them weren't great, some of them were pretty good, but a lot of them I was listening to episodes um, on the state of Commander. Now I don't Mm. really want to get into that. Too deeply because that's not really why we're here, but a lot of them just dis- like discussing like the um the RC and um Sheldon Minery and all that good stuff, and I and I got to thinking and I wanted to pick your brain for this. What what is your thoughts on the RC and them having control
0: over the ban list? So I know there's a there's a lot of opinions on this, and they they go every which way, but one of the ones that I've, I've heard, and I guess I align myself with slightly is that if commander is intended to be, you know, kitchen table casual at the heart of it, should there, should there even be a ban list? And, you know, I know there are some cards that just lead themselves to certain play styles that, that they're trying to avoid, or, you know, certain lines of play that, don't lead themselves to necessarily a fun or good experience, especially if you're like somebody who's just starting um, and you're running a pre-con against, you know, I'll just use your example of your Brea deck. Um, if I bring a a precon that I just bought uh, at, you know, an LGS or even at Walmart or something, and I, I run up against your, your Brea deck, it's a lot stronger. Right. And there's yeah. nothing too yeah. terribly broken. And obviously you're not running any of the band cards, but they've talked about on this on bruising builds or on the, the hot takes before about like things like grizzle brand. Yeah. And so if I'm running a pre con against that, um, it's, you know, not necessarily the most fun experience. So from a, from the RCs like capacity of what they're trying to do for the game, that kind of makes sense to me as far as like the ban list that they're putting out there. But I, so this is a really long winded answer to say I'm kind of conflicted <laughs> on it. Because I like I get what they're doing and I really like playing really casual Commander and you know, just doing fun janky things. And some of the cards that aren't on the ban list don't lend themselves well to that. Your favorite card, Thoracle, is a good example. Yeah. But I I would say if I had to take a stance today, I would probably side with with the RC on most, most of it. Just from the standpoint of if you're trying to keep a game that you love fun for everybody as it continues to evolve and new cards come out, you're going to have to put some sort of restrictions on some of the things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, I kind of have the same standpoint as you. I I know a lot of people aren't fans of Sheldon Minnery and they really feel like he bans cards based off of his experiences with them. And I'm not here to say if that's correct or not. Um, there's, I guess, clues that kind of lead to that. I mean, he has been known to write an article about a certain archetype, and then a week later banned a card dealing with that archetype. But I'm kind of with you on, yes, we should be able to govern our own play group and ban list for that. But at the same time, that only works if you have your own play group. I mean, kind of like you said with your example, I mean, what happens when you go to an LGS? Like, okay, you don't like this card. There's there's no ban list. You don't like this card. You don't like playing against this card. But the people you're playing with don't have the same opinion as you. They like the card. So in, in that scenario, what do you do there? So it kind of left me thinking today. I was just like, man, there's really no good way to approach that. I, I think Moving down that path of not having a ban list and just kind of letting play groups uh, govern themselves is a really great idea. I just don't think it's the answer because of a lot of people who don't have play groups; they just have an LGS. So, why while that's a great idea, I don't think it fixes the problem.
0: Sure. So, in your mind, the instead of it being a strict ban list, it would be like a a recommended guideline for. L, like an LGS to set their own ban list within their own store. So yeah. it's saying saying like, Hey, these are the cards that we've called out that we think lead to, you know, whatever, whatever kind of play style you want to call it. You don't have to ban them, but for the, you know, the, the good of the new player, we'll call it, it might be a good idea to restrict some of this stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good idea that, that could work, but I, I think when an LGS goes to execute that, you're going to run into the same conflicts we kind of already have. I mean, if you've ever been to the magic section of Reddit, it's a very toxic place, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they've had a couple posts like that before about uh, like, hey, this is the ban list that's at, at my LGS, and I mean, it is just some like trash stuff. I mean, anything that they don't like is banned, so. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know how you would execute it per se, but I think something that could be helpful is just having an LGS that is really invested in it, it, its player base and just really kind of like sits down and watches people and like, hey, you know, this guy likes more competitive play and this guy likes more casual play. So when it like comes in, it's like, hey, if you're looking for casual play, go hit those guys up in that corner. You know they're all playing precons, or they're all playing budget decks, and it's like, oh hey, you know, you like full throttle, like CDH. You know, we're all gonna win on turn zero. Go go hang Mm -hmm. out with those guys over there. I think that could be an effective way for an LGS to handle it versus having like their own ban list because you're you're still gonna have conflicts there.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it would be you know hyper complicated to to create one that that works well. But if there was some sort of calculator that a person could build and then you put your deck list in and it, it spits out a true like rule zero number. <laughs> it's a seven. So, right. All the sevens go over there and then the seven sit here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But I think like that would go a long way to solving some of those things because we've talked about like, what is a, what does a real rule zero conversation look like? And a lot of times, people I don't think want to have the the in-depth conversation because they're they don't want to give away all the the sauce so to speak as far as like what their decks going to do. Right. And so they're afraid if they sit down and they say, "Hey, this is a uh whatever, you know, Narset infinite extra turn deck." Well, obviously if it's Narset it's not going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, Matthew Nance.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think some people have the right mindset, like they're taking the, the right steps in the right direction. I just don't think we're there yet. I don't think we have a way to get there. I think there are plenty of good ideas that look great on a chalkboard, but when you try and execute them, uh, you're going to find your flaws. So I just thought that was like interesting. Like I've, I've kind of been thinking about that all day. It was just like, man, how would you how would you approach that? So. Mm-hmm. Wanted to pick your brain a little bit, you know. Here, at what what time is it? Ten thirty at night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's the best time to do it after I've had yeah. a couple of beers. And... <laughs> but if if anybody else wants to offer their opinion on that, uh, you can do that in the Discord, preferably because that's where I check most often. Uh, or you can tag us on Twitter. Uh, we'll we'll get to the handles again. But uh, at CMD Tower is the the corporate channel, as it were. Um, so, let us know your thoughts, as they say. <laughs> but with that, let's get into to what people tuned in for. So, quickly again, the CMC game. Uh, we're going to go through the slots of the of each mana value within the deck. Talk about our favorite cards there. Typically, we let the the collective choose the deck by vote, as Sharpie alluded to. And then the host hosts, excuse me um, will pick each of their favorite within the slot, and then whoever's deck it is not will offer some cuts and ads at the end. So since this is Sharpie's deck, I will, will offer some, some opinions, good, bad and ugly, uh, when we get to the end. And with that, Mr. Sharpie, what the deck?:
1: All right, so tonight we're looking at Wernog and Sophina. This is um, a deck I, I put together couple of months back. Um, it's an aggro-based martyr deck that makes tons of art- artifacts, uh, artifact tokens, for loads of shenanigans. Um, it primarily looks to close out the game by using your artifact tokens to outvalue your opponents while also providing damage uh, to either ping everyone down or swing in for beats. And I can definitely say you're guaranteed to always have something to do when you're playing this deck.
0: So let me back you up. Did you say that you swing in for big beats? Yes. Good Lord. What has happened to you? <laughs> You're attacking? I love it.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, there's a little bit we're going to get to later about that part. But um, <laughs> the number of, of CMCs we're looking at tonight are one through seven. Uh, we have nine one drops, 17 two drops, 24 three drops, 6 4-drops, 2 5-drops, 4 6-drops, and 1 7-drop.
0: Nice. And what's that round us out to for a total?
1: Uh, that rounds us out to an average of 2.86.
0: That's pretty lean.
1: Yeah. Gotta keep gotta it lean. below 3. And um, if you we're... want to buy this deck with all the shiny cards and or versions I chose to run, you're looking at a price tag of 1000 and twenty dollars and sixteen cents. Oh, don't be like
0: that. You <laughs> oh, get, sorry. You got it. Uh, you,
2: winner. There, there you go. go.
0: That that is a not a lean budget, but it is a lean CMC <laughs> curve. So, I guess the balance is in the the pocketbook.
1: Yeah. So, you ready to start the game? Let's do it. All right. Rock paper so, scissors what, for who goes first?
0: Let's do it. Nobody's going to be able to prove whether or not we we did this correctly, but <laughs> so here we go. Ready? All right, rock on. Shoot. Paper,
1: okay, rock, paper, scissors. Shoot.
0: Oh, we double scissored. That,
1: that was so. That was so
0: delayed. <laughs> All right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're just going to move on. Sharpie, you can start start the deck, and you you'll be the winner.
1: Okay. So starting with the one drops, my pick for the deck is ephemerate. It is a a white instant that says exile target creature you control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. And then it has rebound. And rebound, I believe, states that when you cast a spell, you exile it. And at the beginning of your next upkeep, you may cast it for free.
0: Correct. Without paying its mana cost, technically. But yes.
1: Fun, Fun fact about this card it's the only card I've ever played with rebound. And for, like, three months I was playing it wrong. I just thought it stayed exiled.
0: <laughs> <laughs> for what reason? <laughs> I
1: like, I, you know, like, I thought you got to cast again. Like, I, I was doing that part, but it was like, apparently when you cast it, it goes back to your graveyard. And I was like, oh, I did not know that. I'm just over here, like, leaving it in exile forever.
0: I mean, you could flash it back, I guess. Yeah, without having the reminder text in front of me. I'm... I might be with you like yep. you're copying it out of exile. So I, I could see where you are, but I digress. Why, so, why? What do you do with this?
1: Okay. So there's going to be a couple of cards like this in the deck.
0: And actually, there's let so- me, let me put a pause on you real quick. Okay. We didn't even say what these commanders do. And a a keen listener probably would already figure out what, what Ephemerate would be useful for.
1: That's true. So I normally you say talk what about the commanders do.
0: No, why don't you talk about Wernog, and I'll talk about Safina.
1: Okay. Maybe we shouldn't do partner decks, because then we have two cards to read. That's so much work. That's why there's
0: two of us.
1: (laughs) Wernog, Rider's Chaplain, is a two-drop for a white and a black legendary creature human one-two. He states, when he enters or leaves the battlefield, each opponent may investigate. Each opponent who doesn't loses one life. You investigate X time where X is one plus the number of opponents who investigated this way. To investigate, you create a clue token. It's an artifact with pay to sacrifice this artifact and draw a card.
0: And he doesn't have partner. He has friends forever. Friends forever. So cute. (laughs) Pop quiz. Which Stranger Things character is Wernog?
1: Will the wise.
0: Will the wise. All right. And then we got Sophina uh, for two and Boros, uh, legendary creature, human soldier, four four with menace. Uh, Whenever Sophina attacks, investigate once for each non-token attacking creature. She also has friends forever.
1: And what stranger card, stranger thing card is Sophina?
0: I knew you were gonna ask me that because I asked you that. Is it? Wait, Dustin is the Azorius one. I don't know. Which one is it? It's chief Jim Hopper. That's why I couldn't figure it out. I was like, which kid is it? Mm-hmm. None of them.
1: Yeah. Well, it's also kind of yep. throws you off. Cause like the in universe version is a female. And then the stranger right. things version right. is a male. So
0: they gender bendered it. Yep. They did the same thing with the, uh, the street fighter ones. I was just looking at the, the, the giant woman who is Zangief. If, when you go into the other universe. So look that up later. But anyway, so, yeah. what, what do you do with the <laughs> uh,
1: You target your Wernog, and he leaves the battlefield. You get to investigate. Uh, your opponents probably won't investigate. They normally don't. So you do three damage there. You get a clue, and then he immediately comes back to investigate again. And you get another clue, and then do th- three more damage. One to each of your See?
0: opponents. Seems pretty good. My My favorite part about Wernog is the way that it's worded on the front end where it's uh leaves and enters. Yeah. So you yeah. that that you do get the double duty out of things like ephemerate. <laughs>
1: you said double oh, duty.
0: Speaking. Hey, you said target your Wernog. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but
1: <laughs> I wonder if it's if it's pronounced Wernog or like if it's German. So oh, I bet where it's where the W is the V sound.
0: Yeah. Wernog. Wernog. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I used to know what's
0: the I would say what? like what is where the hell is Soren from? What's the plane? Inistrad. Inistrad. What what what's the like underlying feel there, would you say, the vibe? Is it like Romanian or
1: Oh yeah, I could see that I guess. Yeah. It's very dark and
0: gloomy. Hmm. Right? All of our Romanian listeners are like, it's a beautiful country.
1: <laughs> I used to know a a, yeah. a German chick and um she would always call us weird, but it was, it was Verd. Every time she said it, your, was, it was, you're Verd.
0: You're Verd.
1: And yeah. I'm sure my uh, Texan accent makes that sound wonderful.
0: Yeah. It's, it's quite weird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the only other thing I had to say about Ephemerate, besides it being very useful in this deck, is this is like one of the, one of the coolest interpretations of like something blinking. In the like blink card art that we have, just this like Aslan lion doing like a copy paper shredder <laughs> effect. It's it's really cool. I like it, makes me wonder, like, as the artist was painting it, if they did it with like painter's tape and then like then stripped the, oh, the middle yeah. sections off. But I can see it's, that. That's it's yeah. really cool.
1: All right, Mr. Ross, what's your yes. one drop?
0: Okay, so mine is. Probably not as cool, but we haven't talked about it before. And it's a one-drop that pulls a lot of weight. Um, That's Esper Sentinel. So, for one white out of Modern Horizons 2, we get an artifact, creature, human, soldier, 1-1. Whenever an opponent casts their first non-creature spell each turn, draw a card unless that player pays X, where X is Esper Sentinel's power. So, I'm not... I didn't really see too many ways for you to buff... Esper Sentinel. There's there's one that we're going to talk about later, for sure. Are? But oh it's yeah, it's not
1: on the list.
0: It's a mommy for Spoiler alert.
1: Oh, that's not the one but, I was thinking of.
0: <laughs> but like Esper Sentinel just just does a lot of work for a one drop. It's like a a Mystic Remora that doesn't go away essentially.
1: Uh, so there's a card in the two drop slot. Neither one of us is talking about it. So I'm going to mention it. And it's what you slap on Esper Sentinel to guarantee you're always going to draw a card. That is cranial plating. So for two mm. mana, you get an equipment that the equipped creature gets plus one plus zero for each artifact you control. And then for two black, you can attach it at instant speed, or you can equip it for one. So um, with with Vernog, you get all these clues, and then you slap the the plating on your Esper Sentinel, and like he's like a non one, and it's like every time they Play a non-creature spell. You're like, hey, you're gonna pay the nine, or can I draw a card?
0: That's pretty clever. Pretty clever. There's another two-drop that I'm not going to talk about that would also bump that up with cranial plating, and it's a Goblin Pirate, and everybody knows who he is.
2: (laughs) He who shall not be named.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you clearly outlined the 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 end end game, so to speak, as far as how to how to guarantee your draw. That's that's very clever. I like that. Props to you. Thanks. But we're not going to talk about the uh, the extortionist, but we, we will talk about a different two drop that is a creature and it's a it's a much more fun one, I think. And that's loyal apprentice. And so for one in a red, you get a human artificer two one with haste that has lieutenant. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if you control your commander, create a 1-1 one, one colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. That token gains haste until end of turn. Um, you already talked about the importance when we were talking about how you built this deck and what you planned for it to do, the importance of uh, artifact tokens coming in. So it seems like it fuels your game plan there. And then I know this isn't something that you generally do, but you you can poke with those Thopters right away. <laughs> so if you, have a, if you have an opening, you can just get in there for a taste, as they say. But the other reason I wanted to call this out is something that's been bubbling up a little bit more in in the Discord is the prevalence of popper decks or popper commander decks, and this is a very sweet popper commander because it is your commander that has lieutenant and sees itself and makes <laughs> poppers.
1: Yeah, that's 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 clever. Uh, I do like the lieutenant um, mechanic, especially in a deck like this where you have two commanders. I think this came out with the Sahili Precon, which was a Planeswalker. So it's really cool that it doesn't say creature, it just says commander. But something you'll see a lot with stuff that has lieutenant, probably not necessarily with loyal apprentice because it applies pressure, but it's not doing anything too terribly broken. But a lot of people will just remove your commander so that the lieutenant ability doesn't trigger. However, when you have two commanders, it makes it that much harder.
0: That is the beauty of having the partners or friends forever.
1: Yeah, friends forever. So, I will see your 2-drop and raise you another creature 2-drop that probably hits for a lot more damage. Uh, My pick for the 2-drop slot is a Kiri Lineslinger. So, for a red and a white, you get a legendary creature, core soldier ally that has first strike and vigilance, and she gets plus 1, plus 0 for each artifact you control, and she's a zero three. So she works a lot like cranial plating. So when you slap a cranial plating on her and you have a lot of clues, you you can slap somebody
0: pretty hard. (laughs) Right in the cranium.
1: Yeah. (laughs) She also has vigilance, so she can block. And she has one of my favorite keywords, which is first strike. So she removes blockers and she makes a really great blocker herself.
0: You know, a lot of times when creatures have first strike and commander, it is somewhat negligible um, unless they're doing something else. Akiri's first strike is very important, especially in a deck like this, because she doesn't have that much toughness to protect herself. So she gets to she gets to hit first. And if you have, let's just call it like seven seven. Uh, I was gonna say treasures, but seven clues out there, and she has cranial planing on her. That's going to be a lot, and it's going to <laughs> first, first strike is going to be important.
1: Yeah, fourteen three. What's not like? What's not to like about it?
0: Nothing to sneeze at.
1: All right, Mister Ross or Marketing Ross, as you're more commonly known. What is your three drop pick?
0: <laughs> so my three drop is um, it's a common, but it's a really cool card. Um, it is ingenious Artillerist. So two colorless and a red for a three one human artificer. And whenever one or more artifacts enter the battlefield under your control, ingenious artillerist deals that much damage to each opponent. So every time you you Wernog or every time you loyal apprentice, you're just dealing out dealing out some casual damage to each of your opponents. So I I really enjoy this type of effect because for the most part, targeted removal is not going to be wasted on a, a 3 1 common that's just chilling and pinging for one, but it, it adds up over time. So I really, I really enjoy this type of effect.
1: I think he's worded very well in that he deals damage for each artifact that enters the battlefield. Uh, a lot of effects that you see nowadays, are just, is like when one or more enters the mm-hmm. battlefield, they deal one damage or something like that. And they, they feel very lackluster. It's just like, Oh, you know, I might make 20 clues or 20 treasures and all it's going to net me is one damage. Not this guy. He's like, hello, here's your twenty damage. So go ahead.
0: I might be thinking about this wrong, but why didn't they just word it uh whenever an artifact enters the battlefield, deal damage?
1: I don't know. That's a question for Wizards of the Coast.
0: Cameron, correct us in the Discord.
1: <laughs> I have you read any of the like really old magic cards? Like I don't know. It's it's like why did you choose to word it that way? Like <laughs> The English language was not invented in the nineties, so why is this worded so oddly?
0: I mean, uh, Richard Garfield was like a, a professor of, was it mathematics? I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. He was a professor of something. I think, maybe even a doctor. I'm gonna somebody's gonna roast me for not knowing this, but <laughs> I
1: don't pay attention to these people. I just give them my money,
0: right? I just continue to pad his legacy, <laughs> but. I f- maybe, maybe he didn't have a lot of uh, experience in like common speak, as it as it were.
1: <laughs> Something else that's really cool about Ingenious Artillerist, uh, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago with Loyal Apprentice, you get your Pauper Commander. Well, this is a common that'll fit into that popper deck, and will get you that one damage every time you go to combat.
0: This sounds like an LZ deck in the build.
1: Oh, it really does. Like, guys, like we mentioned it before, if you're listening to this, this this episode, come join the Discord. We are always building decks. Like, Popper Commander is a big thing happening right now. That and the the, the Coast, like, face-off. But, yeah, usually <laughs> Popper. So get in the Discord. It, it'll be worth it. That's not really a great way to segue into my three-drop, but here we go. My because pick for Discord. the Discord. Yeah, you're probably right. There you go. My pick for the 3-drop is Arm Armex Filigree Thrasher. For a black and two colors, you get a legendary artifact creature golem. He's a 3-2, and he says when he attacks, you may discard a card. When you do target creature-defending player controls, gets minus X, minus X until end of turn, where X is the number of artifacts you control, plus the number of artifacts in your graveyard. And for those at home, he has partner, but it's not important. Um, so this is quickly becoming one of my favorite cards. This thing will remove anything. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You have two commanders that are gonna supply you with tons of artifact tokens. You're probably gonna have artifacts in the graveyard. So Ulamog's no problem when you swing in with an Armix.
0: That's a that's a bold state statement, Cotton. <laughs> I like it, though. Um, I've I've been a fan of, of Armix since he was spoiled. Um, I, I haven't run it a bunch. Do you run much re- recursion in here, or do you just not care about what you throw away when you no, go for I, that I, trigger?
1: Yeah. I, so with Armix, I'm glad you brought that up because I meant to mention it, but I talked too fast and forgot, I guess. It's not so much about not caring about what you're throwing away. In this deck, you don't really have the problem of never having a hand, per se. Like, if you're sitting there and you don't have cards in your hands, stuff has gone really sideways, and you're probably just losing the game anyways. As I stated before, with your two commanders that give you artifact tokens, those tokens draw you cards. So, mm-hmm. when you swing in with Armex and you discard a card, you, yeah, you're, you're, you have one less card in your hand, but more than likely, you're sitting there with five-plus clue tokens ready to be cracked at any time. So you get that you get that trigger off of his attack, and then, you know, second main phase, you pay two mana and draw a card.
0: I can dig it. Speaking of digging, let's <laughs> dig into your four-drop.
1: All right, so my four-drop uh, is an interesting pick. So part of the reason I chose this one was because of all the other four-drops, excluding the one... Excluding... The one you picked um, Mm -hmm. were pretty busted. This card's not as busted. Wait, you chose
0: not to talk about a busted card? That's what you're telling me.
1: Well, the problem is, is like when you choose to talk about a busted card, you have to talk about all of them, and there are at least four other ones sitting there. And we already went on a side tangent for like 25 minutes.
0: Just don't build a busted deck.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Impossible. (laughs) Anyways,
0: so I do it all gun.
1: My four drop pick is Kaya, Ghost Assassin. For two Mm -hmm. colorless, a black and a white. I'm going to attempt to read this card. Uh, You get a legendary planeswalker, Kaya. She comes in with five loyalty. She has a zero ability that that says exile Kaya ghost assassin or up to one target creature. Return that card to the battlefield. Yeah, up to one. Okay. I thought it said and... One target creature. No, it's just up to one target creature. Return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of your next upkeep. You lose two life. Then you can minus one her. Each opponent loses two life, and you gain two life. Or you can minus two her. Each opponent discards a card, and you draw a card. Mm -hmm. So her zero ability is actually a way to reset her loyalty. So it's not really a problem that she doesn't have a plus ability. But the reason she's in the deck is to flicker your Wernog to get more of those clue tokens. Uh, I'd never have used her other abilities, and I think I only ever activated her and reset her once before. She usually. Before someone killed her? Yeah, she usually flickers Wernog once or twice, and then somebody kills her. So she's just kind of like a really expensive um, ephemerate, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean. Potentially re- repeatable, though, right? Yeah. But I think the real reason you picked this is because you like the, the art.
1: Yes. I actually bought which is, that, which is that secret layer. The uh, Black is Magic secret layer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's always trying to hit me up for those trades, and I'm just like, nah. I really yeah, like the I'll art keep, for that I'll secret layer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it was pretty sweet. No, I, li- I like Kaya. For whatever reason, when you were reading that first ability... You had me sold on that you get to exile her and whatever you chose. I, yeah, at the same for whatever reason. That can't be right. <laughs>
2: that's what
1: I thought i did. And I was like, wait, it hits two things? No.
0: Right. That's too strong. <laughs> Dude, that, that would be sick. Yeah. In this deck, I think I would only ever zero her. And at that point, you don't really need to reset her. But I guess if you were in a pinch, you could do one of the other things. And if you had somebody down to, to two or one health and you needed to finish them off with co- uh, the ghost assassin, you could yeah but, but no, I like it. So the other four drops, I chose not to talk about one of the busted ones either, apparently. <laughs> no, this this card, I think, is just really fun. And I used to have a a modular deck that I ran this in because it, it was it was kind of kind of cute in there. But it's a extruder for four mana. It's an artifact creature juggernaut, for three. It does have Echo, which is kind of stinky, but the the other part that you get to do is cool. Echo 4, I should say. And its other ability is Sacrifice an Artifact. Get a clue. No. <laughs> <It just starts. laughs> uh, sacrifice an Artifact. Put a 1-1 one, one counter on target creature. So all those clues that you're building up and continuing to produce, and even the thopter Thopter tokens and things like that, um, you could you could put one one counters on uh, your Akiri if you wanted to, or you could. This is one of the the ways that you could beef up that Esper Sentinel if you wanted to to draw cards instead of sacking your clues. This is this is just kind of a a cool design. I like I like this card.
1: Yeah, the um the echo cost is kind of really not important. You don't really need this card to stick around for more than one turn. I mean, I guess if you want a blocker, you could pay eight mana four four three. But you're really just looking to drop it for four and then sacrifice all those clues to make something very swole.
0: Yeah, you could, you could almost look at this as like a reprocess, I think is the card, where you sacrifice artifacts to draw cards. This yeah. is just the, you, you sacrifice artifacts to put 1-1 counters on things.
2: Mm,
1: reprocess, why don't I run that? That's a four drop too.
0: Look at you, look at me. <laughs> all right, so with that... We're moving on into the five drops. There are two options here. Two options. So I will talk about the creature because that's the the way I like to lean is into creatures. (laughs) Goldspan Dragon is a three colorless red red creature dragon, four, four, flying, haste, flaced, I guess. Flaced. (laughs) Uh, when, when (laughs) When Goldspan Dragon attacks or becomes the target of a spell, Create a treasure token. And then treasures you control have tap, sacrifice this artifact, add two mana of any one color. So it turns all your treasures into doubly effective mana rocks, one-time-use mana rocks. And if you want to get really cute, you can, uh, you can ephemerate your gold-span dragon in uh, second main phase to create another treasure.
1: Oh, that yeah. That is something you could do spend dragon is the ultimate mutate target
0: oh yes yeah. that's spicy
1: uh, so i feel kind of bad because neither one of us talked about a very important three drop which would well, make maybe
0: the, you should have talked about it
1: uh, yeah well you know armex is just so cool so the deck looks to make treasure tokens or artifact tokens mostly clues but there is um treasures and then thopters and stuff like that but there is a very important three drop called academy manufacturer that states when if you would create a clue food or treasure token instead create one of one of each of those so a lot of these these treasure synergy these treasure producing cards are here to also produce more clues i
0: am i am a little surprised that you didn't you didn't want to talk about that because you love this card
1: I do. I just love Armix more.
0: That's fair. He's got more personality, to be sure. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, other, other than maybe what's on face value for Goldspan, is there anything else cute that you do with it?
1: Uh, well, neither one, me, one of let us... Let me
0: reword that. Within the game of Magic.
1: <laughs> There's a six drop that neither one of us are talking about, which I'm disappointed in you because your choice... Oh, come about. on.
0: You know... What I'm going to talk about in the six drop slot. Yeah,
1: I and mean, we've talked about it before. Like, I don't even know why I have this card in my deck.
0: Oh, because cause you love me. That's why.
1: <laughs> no, so something else you can do with Hellkite, uh, or a Goldspan Dragon. Nope. Oh, man. Gave it away. There's a Hellkite Tyrant in this six CMC slot that has Flying Trample. Whenever he deals combat damage to a player, you gain control of all artifacts that player controls. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control twenty or more artifacts, you win the game. I have never this is a silly card. I have never seen anyone win with this, and I so badly no. wanted it to happen.
0: Yes, I I haven't either. The we so we can we could go into a whole conversation about threat assessment. <laughs> but whenever somebody plays a card that says wins the game on it, it sometimes it's just warping. People are like, "Oh my god, kill that guy!" Like, and. You could play Hellkite Tyrant and be the only one running artifacts, and people would still be like, Oh my god, get rid of that dragon.
1: <laughs> Hellkite Tyrant is one of the cards I despise the most because you know this and all the listeners are probably gonna pick up on this pretty quickly, the more episodes we do on my decks. But I really like artifacts. And most of my decks are artifact based. So You don't like them stolen? Oh man. It's not even that, like it's just the fact that there for a while, everyone was like, oh, I'm playing red. I'm going to slot in Hellkite Tyrant against Dustin. I mean, Sharpie. Wow. Just dox myself. <laughs>
0: you out- <laughs> outed yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there for a while, it was just like I had to keep openers with removal because the stupid Tyra was coming at some
0: point or another. <laughs> That's hilarious. All so right. I well, guess- speaking of artifacts yeah. to steal... Yeah, let's talk about your five drop. All right,
1: so I think this this, this is probably the most synergistic card for, in the entire deck. And we're going to talk about it again later, which kind of makes me sad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's okay, child.
1: <laughs> so my five drop is Tamio's Journal. Uh, it costs five colorless It's a legendary artifact. It says at the beginning of your upkeep, you investigate. And then you can tap it and sacrifice three clues, search your library for a card, and put that card into your hand, and then shuffle your library. So you're going to have clues out the ass. I can promise that. <laughs>
0: and that's so, all clues.
1: Yeah, instead of playing, you know, busted cards like Demonic Tutor of Imperic Tutor, Imperial Seal, all that good stuff. You get to Diabolic play the this... Tutor. Yeah. Four drops, man. <laughs> <laughs> you get to play this spicy little journal and tutor up whatever you want in style. You just throw your shades on, jump in your um I was going to say Cadillac, DeLorean. DeLorean convertible, whatever you're driving. Hell, it could oh, be no, a Tam- uh, Tamio
0: uh, seems like she's a DeLorean. Oh, you know, racer
1: scooter. Hit them ankles and roll out, search up whatever you want.
0: Entry 434. There's more to Avison's madness.
1: You know, they say that there's more They're like there are several of those. But I can't. Like mm-hmm. I've only ever found that one. Like,
0: hang on a second. There, there, there are more than one. Um, because I think the one that I run, even though I'm, we're gonna cut this one, even the one that I run has a a different flavor text. I don't remember what it says. But, uh, here we go. What does this say? Nope. That's the the same dang thing. There see? we go. Entry seven one one. Nope. There's more to Addison's madness, so the number that's, is different, but it's yeah, same thing. that's
1: yeah. From what I could find, it was just the entries were different, but the flavor text was still the same.
0: Maybe there's something to that, but I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. Yeah, but, so there's there's multiple. It it appears, but the entry number is different, but the entry is the same. So she just kept thing. Maybe the she was having thing. a recurring thought. Yeah, yeah. There was. There's probably a story element there.
1: In one of the unsets, there was a blue card called Fairy Cryptic Command, and I think there were like four or five of those. They all Mm -hmm. did something different. Hmm. They all had the same name, though.
0: Well, that sounds like cheaty face to me. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, back to this journal. No, I think (laughs) this is a a good card uh, for this deck. The only... So I'm giving spoilers, but the only reason I'm going to cut it later is, like, I have more fun when I'm not tutoring for something. Like... When there's more randomness to what what we find. And that's it. That's the only reason that I'm going to cut it. <laughs> uh, otherwise, it's a great card. Great card for the deck. Fits beautifully. Mwah. But what do we want to talk about in the six drop? Something way more exciting on my end. Oh my end. god, let, no. me, let me tell you about a beautiful six drop with beautiful hair. You have the wrong printing in here. You need the Fabio guy.
1: No, this is the best printing.
0: Uh, I don't know. Have you seen the like the iron spiky metal guy?
1: Yeah, this one's better.
0: I mean, he does look like a giant in this one. Anyway, we're talking about Sun Titan. If you haven't figured (laughs) it out yet, Uh, this is I don't know why, but this is one of my favorite cards and it's such it's what is it? It's like you can get one for like a a quarter, right?
1: Yeah, like this one's foil with the alternate art. I think it's literally a dollar sixty.
0: Yeah, but anyway, it's. Four colorless, white, white, for a 6-6 six, six with Vigilance. Those are pretty good stats already, but it goes on. He does more. Uh, when he enters the battlefield or attacks, you may return target permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. There are very many important <laughs> cards that fit that that criteria. Whether it's you know any of the cards that we've talked about so far, whether it's a mind stone that you want to reuse, whether it's a, a wayfarer's bobble, it's a evolving wilds. I'm doing a lot of ramp talk here, um, <laughs> but there there are a lot of cool things um, that you can do with sun Titan. And he just casually attacks for six and stays up for blocking and does pulls, pulls the work of digging in your graveyard for you. He's a, he's a hard worker, Sharpie. You need to appreciate him.
1: <laughs> uh, I have regrets for adding this card. Should have known this is what you were going to talk about. You could have talked about a dragon.
0: Come on, man. No. We we talk about a, dragons all the time. A Give some respect, that wins games. Some respect to this Fabio.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's
0: he, he's the, he's a blazing sun that never sets.
1: There's God, man they they found room for flavor text on that card.
0: Right. He he doesn't <laughs> stop. He doesn't quit.
1: Yeah, this card is EDH. Yep. The very definition. You look up EDH in the dictionary, there's a picture of Sun Titan. It does everything you want it to do. <laughs> They've printed this probably, card into you, the ground.
0: I was going to say, you could probably go further and say EDH precon.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, shoot, I was watching a video, and it was just like, certain cards that they want to exist in EDH, they will print continuously, and they use Sun Titan as... as as an example, like they want that card cheap, so that EDH players can pick them up.
0: I mean, between him and Zatalpa, oh, he God. gets reprinted in every other precon.
1: Zatalpa, one eight hundred flapping, flat flap.
0: I I don't remember where it was. I think it was Duff that sent me the meme of. Oh man, I'm gonna have to find it. But it's like he 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 flaps, he he scraps and. He do, he don't nap because he's got vigilance. <laughs> but, that's pretty good. But then, they, but then they, changed the flavor text to, like zitalpa roared and the ground said, "Holy shit!"
1: <laughs> oh gosh, uh, I hate that card too, for different reasons. Usually because I just died to it.
0: Oh, here we go. Okay, yeah, one eight hundred. Are you flapping? He's got flapping, double slapping, no napping, scrapping, unflappable. The sky goes, scraw, and the earth goes, holy shit.
1: <laughs> oh, man. That's a good laugh. My stomach hurts. But so anyway, <laughs> that
0: card's not in the deck.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Uh, is, it, is it double white or triple white?
0: For Zatalpa, it's still yeah.
1: double. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, is It's an eight drop, right? It's not a six drop.
0: Yeah, it's... Two, six colorless, two white.
1: Gotcha. Oh, man. Look at me being all smart and knowing about cards. Yeah, you, that know, regularly you know kill you
0: me like that elder dinosaur.
1: <laughs> Anyways, moving on to a much better six drop. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> we have a card that actually finishes
0: games. Hey, Sun Titan has killed people.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could say the same thing about a Lenoir Elves. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, talk about your card. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we have Marinette Master. It's a six-drop, four-colorless, two-black uh, creature, human artificer. It's a 1-3. It has Fabricate 3, which states, when this creature enters the battlefield, put three plus-one plus-one counters on it or create 3 one one colorless servo artifact creatures, tokens. And then whenever an artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, each opponent loses life, or target opponent loses life, equal to marionette master's power. Which one do you do? You never make the servos. You always make marionette master a 4-6.
0: Always. Mm -hmm. That will end games faster.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, I've actually killed people with spells on the stack with marionette master.
0: Would there ever be a use case where you would make the servos, but then you would instant equip cranial plating to get that three, three extra power in that way. I don't know mm. that that's that useful.
1: I suppose so. I don't run KCI in the deck.
0: The Kansas City Airport? Yep. yep I, don't, <laughs> I don't run that in the deck.
1: Uh, I guess maybe if you had the, the seven drop on the battlefield.
0: So, yeah, oh, don't, don't worry about that seven drop.
1: You would do it in the situation that you had an ephemerate in your hand.
0: Boom! There you go. Yeah. Keep making them.
1: Yeah. Or um, what's another one we got in here? We've got the, the you weird could, moth you thing. Could
0: ki- you could kaya yeah. kaya yeah. it. Yeah.
1: You could fl- flicker wisp it.
0: See, you you thought you always do the thing. Yeah. But there's a there's a reason.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, one of my one of my good buddies has a an Eloise deck, and he generally chooses the the servos, because he wants to kill them and make clues and then. March of the machines and yeah destroy us all. But I like that. Yeah, like that. <laughs> <laughs> it is very much a Sharpie deck.
2: <laughs>
0: but no, that that's a that's a solid card in any deck. Shout out to all of those Baracos builders in our Discord because they're yep. all running black. Yeah. It's currently no, sitting in a, there. <laughs> a spicy card for any of those builds. All, like right. all
1: right, what's your seven drop pick?
0: I'm not talking about it.
1: Oh. 'Cause in the you notes it says it. it says fuck this card. I've not yeah, that's seen my, my card. That's my opinion.
0: What does that one do? <laughs> uh if you if you look it up, it's it's the same card you're gonna talk about.
1: <laughs> Oddly I, I can't read the card.
0: Well, that's your own fault for including the Phyrexian script.
1: Hey, I go this, with whatever printing I actually have, Because
0: so. you got the secret layer? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna try and do this from memory. All right, and I'm probably I'll tell you get if you it got it wrong. it wrong. Okay, I probably probably will. But it's a Elish Norn Grand Cenobite for five colorless, white, white. She's a legendary creature Phyrexian Praetor, 4-7. She has, what is her first keyword? Is it vigilance?
2: Yeah, there you go. There you go.
0: Is it right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then she says that all of your creatures get plus two, plus two, and all of your opponent's creatures get negative two, negative two. And I think the last block is flavor text.
1: If I'm not mistaken, I think she says all other creatures you control get plus two, plus two. Yeah, does not buff herself.
0: Correct. Yep.
1: So other than that, you got it right.
0: Boom. I remember her big, ugly, pretty face.
1: Yeah, I like to call that Lady Gaga. Yeah,
0: she does look like Lady Gaga. Yeah. Except Makes I like Lady Gaga sewer. a lot more. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't really have any I was I was just giving you a hard time. I don't really have any big disdain for this card. Like obviously it hoses token decks. It makes your attacks stronger. She got a big booty so she's good blocker being vigilant. I think like my biggest thing with I have a I have this same copy that you do with the the secret lair for Rexian script and my biggest thing is like an easily removable anthem for seven, yeah is like why I don't generally run her, but why yeah. why do you like her?
1: She used to be a like a huge threat in e d h like she she'd close out games, but I think removal is so so prevalent now that she's not that big of a problem i I don't really worry that much when someone plays an Elish Norn against me unless I have like creatures in my hand that. Do things that are like two twos or one ones, and I'm like, oh, that's
0: going to die immediately.
1: Yeah. So, um, you ask why a runner? It's solely just because, as I stated in the beginning, it's an acro deck, and she adds two toughness or, yeah, two power, two
0: power and toughness.
1: Yeah the the power is the important part to the clock mm-hmm. uh, for every creature. So your your Akiri is automatically a two five. Then you put a cranial plating on it, and she's like. Freaking twenty-two,
0: that does seem pretty good. Pretty pretty good. As far as her being nasty, have you ever had an noran player turn all your lands into creatures?
1: No, I've had people try with the, like the Cormas Bell and uh, Urborg. Yeah, yep. that didn't work out. Yep, they they usually they... try to get cute, and it's like they have an Urborg in a deck that's not black.
0: Oh, it's like, yep.
1: oh, I, I know what you're doing. <laughs> Where's like, your belt? What, are you,
0: at? what <laughs> are you up to? There's a, there's a couple um, green enchantments that'll do it too. But what is that called? Land into creatures,
1: living plane is to... one of them. That's that one's that's really the expensive, expensive one. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's uh, nature's revolt. All lands are two two creatures. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So that that plus an elshnorin is not a kind thing to do.
1: Oh, that's why you just play Dockside. Oh, sure. wait, we we weren't going to talk about that pirate.
0: Right. All right. We're not going to talk about the pirate, but we have reached the end of the CMC slots. So I'm going to pirate your turn to speak with the CMC lightning round. Now, Where, as a reminder, <laughs> oh, go ahead. Before we get into that. <laughs> You're going to spoil I've, everything.
1: Yeah. So disclaimer, I guess this deck is technically no longer together. It's kind of a skeleton of what it used to be. It's currently sitting on my... It's in this box right here. You can see it. No one else can. But yeah, it's 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 a
0: beautiful box for anybody that can't see it, which is everyone but me.
1: Yeah, so it's currently sitting in there and it's looking to be retooled slash reworked. I got you, boo. Yeah, so with this CMC lightning round, I kind of gave you an objective and that was that I wanted to replace Sophina as the partner for Wernog. I kind of let you pick your own one that you wanted to run with. I did tell you I didn't want you to pick, uh, I don't remember the in-universe name.
0: Yeah,
1: I didn't want that one because that's literally just Brea all over again. I already have that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, we're going to start the lightning round and you get to introduce who you're going to be. Adding to the deck in Sophina's place.
0: My favorite part about this, and for anyone who plays with or knows Sharpie very well, is that he does not play very much green, <laughs> ever. So my favorite part is that we are adding green, and we're going from Mardu to Dune Brood. So, as is tradition, I will read through all of the cuts and adds as quickly as I can. And there are some, I think there are some complicated words in here, so I'm probably going to screw it up. Plus. Because we are entirely shifting the, the partner, I'm going to add in two bonus picks. So we have Sophina Spearsage Deserter for Elmar, Uvenwald Informant, Captain Lannery Storm for Tireless Provisioner, Hellkite Tyrant for Corvold, K- Fae Cursed King, Jaxus the Troublemaker for Second Harvest, Tamios Journal for Fae Offering, Ellistorn Grand Cenobite for Serenth Great Worm, Imperial Recruiter for Elidomri's Call, and Extruder for Emil the Blessed.
1: Well, I was gonna tell you to hit the the good job button, but then you left out bonus and bonus bonus.
0: Bonus bonus. Winner.
1: Nope, other button. Oh. Winner. Nope, wrong
0: button.
1: (laughs) Nope, not that one. There you go. I
0: already said they're a bonus, I preempted it. But anyway. (laughs) Let's let's start with the the new partner. So we talked about Safina. I will take a, take a moment to tell you what Elmer Fudd does. Elmer um, <laughs> Now he's not going to run it just because I called him that. Yeah, yep. And then you can give me, your, give me your opinion on it. I mean, if you look at the art, he's way cooler than Elmer Fudd. But Elmer, the Uvenwald informant, is one colorless and red-green for a legendary creature human 3-2 with haste. And whenever you cast your second spell each turn, untap target creature, then investigate. Also has friends forever.
1: So, the first thing I really like about this card, uh, over Sophina, uh, Sophina is definitely going to supply you with more clues, but she is a 4-drop. And the worst thing about having a partner commander that is a 4-drop is by the time you get to the point that you're casting 4 CMC spells, you're wanting to do things other than cast your commander that requires you to attack to do anything. Yep. So, there were a few games where Sophina was cast, but for the majority of the games that I played this deck, I ne- I never cast her, not once. Just getting to turn four, sometimes turn three, turn two at the earliest, um, and being able to cast a four drop. I mean, you have your, your Extruders and stuff like that, and it's just like, oh, cool, I could cast this, make a creature really big, or I could cast Sophina and then pass the turn, because she's not doing anything else.
0: Right. Yeah, and the the benefit of Elmar is that he does have haste, but you don't even have to attack with him to get the the benefit.
1: Yeah, so I really like how it interacts with the curve. You go two drop Vernog and then three drop Elmar, and then you cast another spell. It's the second spell. Yeah, so he actually yeah, s- sees himself spell. as the first spell, and then mm-hmm. you can get his his ability. Hmm, I like it. Interesting. Interested in here. seeing what we could do with the the untap ability? You're oh, intrigued. The 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 elf mm-hmm. that's a guy's cradle. Oh, that's spicy. Yep. Untap
0: Dream circle druid. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a good a good way to do it. Also, if you want to go really really budget, but still fit within here, you have things like glittermonger, three colorless and a green tap to add a treasure token. So. Create a treasure, untap it, You know would
1: be really cool? I think it's called kuldotha Forge Master. I think you tap
0: him. <laughs> I I think. Stop it.
1: <laughs> and you you tap him, and you sack three artifacts. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that's what he says. And you search your library. Is it for any card, or do you have to get an artifact?
0: Man, it's an artifact.
1: You have to find an Didn't artifact? We
0: talked about, talk about getting rid of tutors,
1: did we?
0: I don't recall that. <laughs> I don't part. know. I I did. You didn't agree to it, <laughs> but I talked about it. Uh, no, but yeah, you sack been... three arti Sack three artifacts. Search your library for an artifact. Put it on the battlefield. Okay. Shuffle your library.
1: So that so may we'll not that be an auto include, but I like the Still idea. Pretty good. Yeah, of, of of tapping him for his ability, and then using Elmar to untap him. Anyways, what what's the yes. next ad?
0: All right. So we just talked about how you don't. You don't really like to attack to get your triggers. Um, so I was going to cut Captain Lannery Storm who has to attack to create a treasure token. So instead, I'm going to swap her in for um, Tireless Provisioner who works really well with your Academy Manufacturers. But two colorless and a green. Uh, Elf Scout 3-2. Not bad stats. But it has landfall. Whenever a land enters battlefield under your control, create a food. Or treasure token.
1: Food or treasure. So you don't get a clue? I thought you got to pick out of the three. Nah,
0: if clue, clue's not on this one for some reason. But that's, um, that's one. the Tireless Tracker.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, I, I like this include as well. I've wanted to use this card since it came out. I think it came out in Modern Horizons 2, right? It's been Correct. out over a year. I haven't found a place for it, probably because it's green. But yeah. Probably. yeah. I like that one as well. Hey. Winner. Yeah, there we go. Now the next one I'm excited for.
0: Yes, and uh, you know a lot about this one, so I'll just let you let you talk about this. All
1: right, so we're cutting Hellkite Tyrant. Sad to see him go, but we're going to replace him with a much better dragon, I think. Most of the time. Corvold, Fate Curse King, and off the top of my head, I believe he's a 5-drop, two colorless, black, green, mm-hmm. red, legendary creature dragon noble. Is he a noble? You got it. He doesn't have haste, which I remember being a bummer. I think he's a
0: 4-4? Yes. Not on the floor floor.
1: Yeah. He has flying. When he enters the battlefield, you sacrifice a permanent, draw a card, and put a plus-one, plus-one counter on him?
0: Pretty close. Uh, When he enters or attacks, you sack a permanent. Yeah. But then, a separate line of text, whenever you sacrifice a permanent, put a 1-1 counter and draw a card.
1: Okay, there you go. Yep. I haven't read that card in a while. Corvold's really cool. He used to have a Corvold Treasure Storm deck. Took it apart. It was really cool. Sucked playing it against casual decks because Dockside does <laughs> absolutely nothing. <laughs> but yeah, in this deck, I really like it because it draws you cards without having to pay the two mana to sack all your clues.
0: But if you do sack a clue, for whatever reason, like maybe you, you cast Corvold and then you want to sack a clue. Because you sacked a clue, you get to draw two cards. So you draw the clue card, but then you would also draw a card with oh, Corbin.
1: Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. I really like this because there's a, there's a card in the deck besides Tameo's Journal that I really want to capitalize on. It's a three-drop. It's called Thorough Investigation. A lot of people mm. will say this card's bad, but I think it's kind of cool. It's two-colorless a white enchantment. It says whenever you attack, you investigate. And then whenever you sacrifice a clue, you venture into the dungeon.
0: Ooh, I see I see where you're headed.
1: Yeah, and what I really like about this this card and these these additions along with what we're trying to do with the deck is you don't necessarily have to pay the two mana to sack the clues. We're mm-hmm. we're, we're adding different ways to sack them and then in turn venture into the dungeon. But I really like what you said about you know paying two mana, sacking the clue. You get a Corval trigger, you get a clue trigger. You get a thorough investigation trigger. That's, that's Winner! Three for three, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. So, see? Green is not that bad. <laughs> Alright, so the next one uh, might be a tougher sell because I know you have a soft spot for Jaxus. Um, we've talked about Jaxus on a different episode, and you have even considered making a deck specifically to Jaxus. But anyone who has run a token strategy... That includes green, knows this card and loves it. It's second harvest. So for two colorless green green, and it's an instant speed, for each token you control, create a token that's a copy of that permanent. So all this work you've been doing to make your your clues and treasures and foods and other thopters and other tokens, just just double all that work.
2: Hmm.
1: I like where your head's at. I just don't like the cut.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So I think Jaxus is really cool in this deck because you can make copies of Vernog and you get both of his triggers because he enters the battlefield, you have the legendary rule, so you sack the Mm -hmm. the copy and then he Mm -hmm. leaves the battlefield. So for one activation, you get two clues, which I guess is unnecessarily as great as Second Harvest because you could potentially be making up to like 20 plus clues. I like That's... the card, but I don't I don't like the cut, so I'm gonna have to stick with Jax's.
0: Alright, well here you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot. You'll probably not like this one either. But we could cut Grim Hireling because you have to attack and connect to make tokens with that one.
1: I would be more okay with cutting Grim Hireling. So we talked a little bit earlier about academy manufacturer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And to be honest, I've thought about cutting it when I changed the deck up because like the way the deck sits now, it's really focused just on artifact tokens. So it's just like any way you can create a token that's an artifact is great. But what mm-hmm. I want to pivot to is a deck that's focused on clues. Mm. Like I want to I want to capitalize on those clues much like the uh, the thorough investigation like I want to focus on stuff that focuses on clues. Like forget like I even took Darkside out. Like like I, I I don't really care about treasures. I'm okay with like um artifact creature tokens, you know, like Thopters and stuff like that. But like like a man academy manufacturer giving me foods and clues and treasures every time I make one I don't I don't care about that. I just want clues.
0: Okay. I hear you. But at the same time, academy manufacturer is just like they're really clutch in a clue deck because you're you're still you're on you're on theme, you're making your clues, but then you're generating mana by making these treasures. Yeah. So, yeah. I would keep him in.
1: Oh, I mean, I'm and not cu- I'm not cutting I'm not necessarily going to cut him. What I, what I'm getting at though is like I'm okay with cutting the, the like, Grim, like Hireling. Grim Hireling because like I don't need him there to make those treasures to interact with the Academy Manufacturer.
0: Also, while you were talking, I was just imagining second harvest with Academy Manufacturer on the field.
1: Oh, God. That's
0: pretty gross. That's bonkers. Yeah. He's oh back man. in.
1: Yeah, with Jaxus on the field, too, and you make another Academy manufacturer? Mm-hmm. See, Jaxus got All
0: right. Fair enough. We got the right ad. We got the wrong cut. <laughs> All right. That, that might be this. Uh, I was going to say that might be the case on the next one. It also might just be wrong on both sides. We'll find out. So I want to cut Tameo's journal. I don't really have a reason other than. I tend not to like to tutor cards anymore, but it's it's a great card in the deck, so you can tell me to, to shut that one down, that's fine. We'll just go on and we'll talk about the add, which, looking at the way your deck is built, you should be able to trigger this most of the time, and with your new partner, Elmar, you're even more incentivized to do this, which is casting two spells. Uh, and that card that I'm wanting to put in is Fae Offering. So for two colorless and a green, it's an enchantment. At the beginning of each end step, if you've cast both a creature and a non-creature spell, create a clue, a food, and a treasure.
1: Yeah. I like that. It might be hard to trigger sometimes. I like it. I don't want to cut the journal because I did state like I want to focus on clues, and I think the journal is really spicy with, again, thorough investigation because you're sacrificing three clues, so you will venture three times. Now, I have a counteroffer. What if we cut Timna the Weaver because we're not looking to attack anymore?
0: I'm on board with that. Yeah, Oh, there you go. I like it, I like it. All right, that's called compromise.
2: <laughs>
0: All right, so the next one. We already talked about Phyrexian Mommy and how she's got to go. But the card I want to swap her for uh, is from the Brothers' War, and it's the Serenth Great Worm. So for four colorless and red and green, you get a creature worm that's a 7-6 with trample, which I know you don't love to attack, but that's pretty good stats. More importantly, whenever a land enters the battlefield, comma, not under your control, when a land enters the battlefield, create create a tapped power stone token.
1: Oh, I didn't even read it right.
0: Yeah, so it doesn't care about just your lands, just anybody. You play in a landfall deck across the table, Mr. Omnath, bring them on. And so the Power Stone tokens, for those who are not familiar, is a, it's an artifact, and it has tap add colorless. This mana can't be spent to cast a non-artifact spell. So you, you can only use it to cast artifacts or activate abilities, essentially. Yeah. Which so it would, would be clues. pretty good for activating clues. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Super, super down for this one. Uh, we're removing Elish hey. Norn. We're not looking to attack. So we don't necessarily need that buff. And geez, did I read that card wrong? Like every time Alana enters the battlefield, man, mm-hmm. I'm down. Fuck those Winner. cultivates.
0: <laughs> Bring them on. <laughs> Explore away, folks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. For the next one, this one, I was just being a little cute to show you uh, some convenience of adding green to your deck. Uh, and we're going to cut Imperial Imperial Recruiter for uh, Eladomri's Call. And so uh, Imperial Recruiter will go find you any any creature that has power two or less, reveal it, put it in your ba- into your hand, and then shuffle. So I'm guessing you're going to counter me with saying that you can do that more than once if you want to blink it.
1: I'm not gonna counter you at all. You are correct, but Eladomri's call is it's just an upgrade. It costs one mana less. It is more mana intensive, like you do need two specific colors instead of just you know basically one. Mm. But it is an instant and it can tutor up any creature and the number one reason I'm going to I'm going to give you the trade on that one is because the imperial recruiter was one of the cards I took out of the deck already so
0: winner <laughs> but also I have to do this for myself oh, after yeah. I just said stop tutoring cards yeah yeah <laughs> but anyway it's still it's still a winner then the next one's going to be more fun even though I already talked about extruder and how I think that's a fun card you might choose to keep it you know focusing in these in this uh clue-making strategy. Extruder seems pretty good in there, but something else that seems pretty fun is a certain unicorn, Emil the Blessed, two-colorless, white-white, uh, legendary creature unicorn, 4-4. Four, four. It has pay three, exile another creature you control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. So it's feeding right into that Wernog strategy of blinking him, getting more treasure, or, excuse me, clues, and then also, if you feel like it, Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay a hybrid Selesnia. Uh, if you do, put a 1-1 counter on it. If it's a unicorn, put two 1-1 counters on it instead. Hmm. So, for, definitely, for like, your, for your, go ahead. I was going to say, for your deck, the second part might as well be flavor text.
1: <laughs> I like the ad. Don't like the cut. So, here to make another counter offer. There's currently a Prosper the Tome Bowden in the deck, which is also a one drop. As Death Touch at the beginning of your end step, exile the top card of your library until end of turn. Until the end of your next turn, you may play that card, and then whenever you play a card from exile, create a treasure token. It's a one four. So I put this card in the deck to basically test it out. Uh, it makes treasure tokens. Deck wants to make tokens. Uh, works great with the Academy and Manufacturer. Doesn't work great with the deck. It's really slow. There's really no way to play anything from Exile outside of his ability. There's Ephemerate, but I think that's literally it. So you're basically just getting, you know, one treasure a turn. Mm -hmm. Super slow, not super great. So counter offer, keep Extruder because you can sack those clues, trigger the thorough investigation, get rid of Prosper Tomebound because he doesn't do enough for the deck, and include M.E.L.
0: Hey, I am here for that. (laughs) so we we made it through the cuts and ads with those on the table and and our compromises would you be real willing to pull that skeleton out of the box over there on your on your desk and reassemble it to make your favorite new four color (laughs) including green deck
1: yeah yeah probably gonna jump on the interwebs when we get off the podcast here and uh start picking up some singles.
0: Hey. How's
1: winner? <laughs> Something else um that's interesting you, you didn't mention this. I think you were a little focused too much on the the, the addition of green.
0: Oh a hundred percent.
1: This not only is a deck with the addition of green, but it's also a deck that has green but not blue.
0: Yes. Yeah, you Brood. Gotta, you
1: uh, you got to uh, do more than point, my dude. They can't see that.
0: <laughs> I'm pointing at you. This is for your reaction. Yeah. But yes, uh, Dune Brood. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the the Nephilim, that is a uh, is that the right word? Nephilim, the yeah. ugly, big, big mouth worm things. Isn't Nephilim also a, a word for angel? Or is Um a- the
1: the Nephilims are they're half breeds, I believe. I think they're
0: okay.
1: Yeah, it's just. <laughs> Half anyway, human, half angel, or something like that. Off. I don't know. I'm not a philosopher. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not a theologist. Yeah. We're way off topic. Anyway, Sands Blue or Without Blue is Dune Brood, and this is going to be Sharpie's favorite four color deck.
1: What? Okay, That's hold untrue. on. That's, That's <laughs> not true. That's not true.
0: Disclosure that is very untrue. Yeah. But he's going to like it. Um, No, um, you're you're very much right. When I was uh, looking at my cuts and ads, I was like, I'm just going to ramrod as much green into this (laughs) as I can. I'm glad you liked the ones that I picked. There are some other spicy ones that I think you can get into. And as you continue to go down the road of, you know, making clues and disposing of them and things like that, I think there are a few other cards that you could probably add. Uh, Things like Nidier's Nightblade. Whenever a token leaves the battlefield, each opponent loses one life. Think, things like that that you could you could dig into. But I'm excited uh, to see the the revamped version of this and hopefully play play against it. Yeah. Um. And for those of you listening, if you would like to play against Sharpie's favorite new four color deck, uh, you can find us in the Discord and you can call him out in the Quarantine Battlegrounds. Um. But if they'd like to find you in other ways, Sharpie, how can they do that?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, just head on over to that fancy little bird app called Twitter. There you'll find me at SD underscore Sharpie, and you guys should follow me because you know i'm I'm lonely over there, and I don't talk to people, so
0: <laughs> And in addition to his personal page, you can also find our our podcast page at CMD Tower. And if you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Vidrs Vibes. I'm not doing a lot, but I will be your friend. And is that's is that how Twitter works, right? Uh, yeah, will like your tweets. Yes, I will follow and rehash. and. It's retweet, not I rehash. <laughs> I was trying to think of other wrong ways to say it, but I'm out. <laughs> anyway, thank you for uh, putting up with us and making it to the end. I hope you enjoyed it. And again, please, please, please hit us up either on Twitter or discord. Let us know how we're doing. We have fun doing this, but we really hope that you also have fun listening to it.
2: Yeah.
1: I think that's it. See you later, my dudes.
0: Asta.